Oh, I like it. Triple play fantasy baseball show with D. Mindy. Little cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here, joined by a guy who, if he could get Carlos Santana tattooed on his chest, he would. That's Art Tortabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? It's going really well. As long as I'm not too loud tonight, I'm going to have a good time hanging with y'all because I got two sleeping boys in the other room. I'm stuck in my bedroom like a like a teenager talking to his girlfriend right now, but it's it's all good. I'm talking baseball with y'all. What so a we reference. Could say, I can feel that. <laughs> so we could, we could say something to get Art really mad and then he can't get too mad because he has to be quiet. <laughs> That'd be cruel. That'd be super cruel. Don't be cruel. <laughs> We're also, of course, joined by the bocce boy. It's Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The Doc. What's going on? I'm not a recent bocce player. That was in my past life, maybe my future life. Uh, interesting things where you come up from, David. Yeah, you know me. You know how I roll. And, of course, also joined by the last member of the team here, the man who is in the thick of hoodie season as he works out and does interviews from his car. It's Marty Tallman. What's going on? I'm doing well, and yeah, we just uh, had a couple new great additions to the team. And we, were, when we were interviewing them, uh, David saw me at the gym because, uh, as you guys know, it's tough to look at them and, and then look at yourself and you know see yourself about 20 pounds away from where you want to be. So you know, yeah, I'm going to the gym in the morning. So if that's okay with you guys, you know, it's Did it? not. Did oh. he, I saw the I saw the drenched hoodie. I was like, my man's. My man's I was going for after. it. He's getting out. I, I'm all about it. My uh, broken wrist is finally moving. Probably can do some stuff. There we go. There we go. I'll tell you what else is moving. This this show is moving in another direction. It's moving to the intro. And it's moving into uh, what's going to be on the docket for tonight. And that is fixing the AL Central Division. So before we hit free agency, position previews, dynasty outlooks, and all that great stuff, we're going division by division to discuss each and every team in Major League Baseball. And we are to now moving on to the AL Central Division. Doc did the NL East as far as holding down the hosting gigs. I appreciate you doing that, Doc, for me. And um, we're going to fix every team in the Central Division. There's a lot of fixing that needs to be done here, starting with those Detroit Tigers, Marty. Uh, but we're going to figure out, are these teams contenders, pretenders, free agents that could possibly be brought in, or assets that could be shipped out? And we're all putting our GM hats on, and we're going to fix these respective teams. I was going to say, you make us seem like we're Bob the Builder. Like, can we fix it? Like, what if we can? Yes, we can. Oh, that, that, there's no can't. It's Ken with the apostrophe T. That's how I look at it. We're going to be joined by one of the great friends of Triple Play Fantasy and a great guy in the Twitter community, and that is Mr. Dr. Mike Carter. So make sure you stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, if we were going to make a baseball-themed protein bar, what would be in it and what would be the name of it and our game of the week coming in to shut the door? So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it. For you. And? You can always tell when he's looking through for the sound. <laughs> Am I that obvious? <laughs> Let's do it! Yeah! Okay. 
you guys know me too well. There's a lot of news and notes to get here, so uh, we're, we're going to just do the Cliff Notes version. We're going to grind through these, and uh, let's see what we can do. The Marlins and right-hander Sandy Alcantara are closing in on a five-year contract extension that would guarantee the CAA sports client more than $55 million. Now, that key thing is the $55-plus million guarantee would be a record extension for a pitcher with between three and four years of Major League Service time, topping the mark set by Carlos Martinez in 2017. Now, i got to ask you. Cheesecake. Mm. This deal for Mr. Alcantara. $55 million guaranteed. Does that feel like it was too low? Do you think it was a good deal for both sides? Or do you think Alcantara should have waited to try to get more money? What, what are we thinking here? I, I'm thinking one thing. Uh, our boy Peter Pratt is going to be pretty happy about that. Second thing I'm thinking is it's a great move for all sides. Sandy's getting $55 million in the bank. He's young enough right now that he can sign another contract at the end of that. The Marlins are getting a little guaranteed service time from Sandy as well at a, at a nice little discount. Kind of like um, a lot of teams have been doing. Uh, the, the Pirates were, were really into doing that when they had a nice young core in the early 2010s. And it worked out well for them with a couple of wild card, uh, um, wild card um, appearances. And so I think it's a great sign for the for the Marlins and Sandy's getting a little bit of bank, a little bit of more money in his back pocket, and he'll be still be young when he hits the free agent market in five years. He's going to be laying in some sandy beaches, that's for sure, with that type of money. All right, let's get to some more news here. The Yankees have placed Clint Frazier, Rufin Ordor on release waivers. Very interesting here, as Clint Frazier was considered untouchable for the longest time, but they would never play him. Obviously, he's had a ton of injuries throughout his career, and it's been pretty much just empty promises, which is just like somebody that used to be associated with this podcast. And uh, honestly, I, I'm very shocked that eventually it came down to this. And I'm I'm curious, Marty, where does Clint Frazier go? Honestly, at this point, let me just take let me start here personally with him. He has burned me so many times. I bought in last year heavy. You know, I mean, not too heavy, like, you know, in the 20th round or whatever, but like I had like three or four teams with them and um, it was absolutely terrible. So where he is going, I don't know. And I can honestly say I do not care. But um, no, he'll, he'll, give some, he'll get a shot somewhere else. You know, I don't know what the market is for him, but someone's going to someone's gonna pick him up. Let me ask you this. Well, he's a career 258, 331, or he entered the, uh, he's a career. 262, 333, 471 hitter in AAA. And going into the 21 season, he was a 258, 331, 475 slash hitter. He went to the Dodgers. Intrigue? Would you draft him? Um, it, the, in the deepest of leagues, in the most, uh, like a 15 team, you know, NFBC, one of your last And I honestly, no, I wouldn't do it. No. Okay. Fair enough. Doc, the White Sox signed Kendall Graveman to a three-year, $24 million deal. Not anything interested outside of saves and hold leagues, correct? Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, they traded for Liam Hendricks, or they signed Liam Hendricks to a big deal. They traded for Ke- for Craig Kimbrell, Kendall Graveman. Like, I don't know. It's They're really just trying to shore up that bullpen. Good for them. Dating back, if you look at it, since he's been converted to the bullpen, Kendall Graveman, 66 innings of a 205 ERA and 317 FIP between Seattle and the Astros, owned solid strikeout and walk rates of 25.5%, 8.9%, and had a huge 54.9% ground ball percentage. So 
Kendall Grayman, it's a, good, it's a good addition for that White Sox bullpen. You already know that Craig Kimbrell will not be on the team next year. They're looking to move him elsewhere since he wants to close. So Kendall Grayman will slide into that setup role. Let's talk about some money. If you want to talk about money, let's talk about news that I didn't even know about until about five minutes ago. Because I've just, who knows what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> 70 games into his major league career, Wander Franco is signing an 11-year, $182 million contract extension. The contract comes with a $25 million club option for an additional season and a series of $3 million escalators based on MVP voting that brings it up to a maximum $223 million over 12 years. Uh, this now this contract is both set to be a franchise record for the Rays, where they top the $100 million guarantee to Evan Longoria, it's also a record for any player with less than one year of Major League service time, breaking Ronald Acuna's eight-year $100 million contract. I can't believe that. He, that that's a freaking steal from the Braves. And um, it, it's just honestly incredible. He's not going to turn 21 until March. And in his first year in the big leagues, 288, 347, 463 slash, seven homers, 18 doubles, five triples at a pair of stolen bases, and 308 plate appearances. Also during that time, a recent staggering stretch where he reached base 43 consecutive games. I mean, goodness gracious, there's a lot to unpack here. Cheesecake, when I get stressed, I go to you. What are we thinking here with all this? Well, I'm 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 going to steal uh I'm going to steal a thought that Justin Mason put out. There is no such thing as small market teams in baseball, just small thinking teams, small spending teams. When Tampa Bay needs the money, Guess where they go? They find it. $223 million for Wander Franco to lock him up. I, of course, my my mind goes to the Stanton contract with the Marlins. They signed the big contract to make the fan base happy. Within two seasons, he's gone. So, um, you know, Franco, you know, is this is this something that's going to be traded within a few years? Is Wander Franco going to be a New York Yankee by 2025? You know, it's 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 possible. You you never know. But uh, but it's good on good on Tampa Bay for putting the commitment out there to a, a promising young guy like Wander Franco. Yeah, I mean, you're locking up. He's been talked about as the number one prospect for many years. So you're locking up a cornerstone you're expecting for your franchise, and maybe that deal looks good, like the, the Ronald Acuna deal. Maybe that deal in two or three years looks like an absolute steal with what he gives you. So. I think the Rays are one of those teams. A couple of teams are like that where they try to lock up these guys. The White Sox do the same thing where you have a young, talented guy and you throw a bunch of money at him, but you're probably getting below what the market will be as he develops into a ball player and hope that he takes it and hope that he outperforms it and is locked in. So good move from the Rays. I'm sure the fan base is very happy about that. Let's talk about the New York or the San Francisco Giants who brought in a pair of veteran arms. They brought in free agent Southpaw Alex Wood as he's expected to sign a two-year contract worth $10 million annually. And they also re-signed Anthony DiSclafani. Uh, both obviously not big name pitchers, but both very solid arms here. Marty, do you like these moves? Yes. And specifically the Tony Disco move. Um, so right now the Giants, you know, as much as we never saw it coming, they're a winning team, Right. And so he's comfortable there. Um, he had a, a pretty good season. You know, he's, in, it's, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, Tony Disco. He's never going to actually like, you know, blow your mind too much here. But, um, you know, 3.17 ERA. He looked really good last year. His, uh, expected numbers are a little bit higher than that, but they're pretty much what we, you know, 
kind of what we expected from him overall. I think he's going to be a really good fourth or fifth starter for your team, kind of like a late late round flyer uh, on fantasy purposes. But yeah, I think overall Wood and him are both good signings for the Giants who are trying to you know stay true to what uh, what got him there. Yeah, and uh, I heard this out. I'll shout out. Uh, this was on the pod with Frank Stample and Paul Spore on CBS. They brought up that if you take out his starts with the Dodgers against the Dodgers last year, that he had a sub three ERA. Mm-hmm. So I know that's obviously taking out some starts, but you could do what they brought up in there is potentially maybe not play him against the Dodgers and play him against everybody else. If you draft him, he's not a super expensive player right now when you're drafting on NFBC. So. Um, it should be a great move for the Giants. The Giants obviously know what they're doing with these veteran pitchers. Can so. I just say I don't like that move at all? Oh, yeah, you guys were going to have this old-fashioned debate. I know. I, I just like – I mean, they're so paying him what? Let me, let me ask you something. Who don't you like it for? Because I like it for Tony Disco. Oh, I like it for Tony Disco. I don't like it okay. for the Giants. I think it's uh, overpaid for someone that's had his fair share of injuries. He tops out at 94 miles an hour, so it's not very overwhelming, very reliant on his slider. You talk about the games against the Dodgers, but that's a division team. So he's going to have to pitch against them. His ERA the first half of the season was 2.68. Second half was 4.03, so you worry about fatigue. And besides this past year, he's never had a whip below 1.2. So he's gotten pretty lucky with having a lower ERA than expected. He's 31 right now. I don't see him getting any better. I think that was a career year. I would have offered him a one, two-year contract max. But good for Tony Disco for getting some sort of bag security. Wait, so Marty, you don't like the move for the Giants? It's a, it's a, it's a solid move. It's fine. Yeah, that's Ooh. good. Here's the thing. Ooh, Where did he pitch? Notch. Let, me, well, you know, let me ask you something. Where did he pitch all of those years, his whole career? Football party. Wait, yeah. Cincinnati. Could you imagine spending your entire ball, you know, your entire career only, you know, pitching there, and then you go to a good team and a decent ballpark? And look, I mean, I, I can't, Im- I can't imagine having to pitch against the Pirates and the Cubs on the deep hey, hey, hey. times a year. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a real tough challenge right there. Watch your mouth. But it doesn't. But, he, but he, he's had a lot of arm injuries, like elbow, shoulder, like. I guess. Marty, we'll have to think of a creative bet of what we can do with uh, Tony Disco because I'm willing to take the under whatever or it is. downside, whatever bet. We'll have to think of it off air. Sounds well, you, Eric, your bets on the baseball show have not turned out very good. Well, you and, you and Torres's bet for closers didn't turn out very well. Meanwhile, cheesecakes in my bet about Teoscar Hernandez turned out pretty well for me. Wait, wait, you said you said my bets, meaning there's multiple, and you just named one, and I technically won because Colome did better than Bass. You don't know what you're talking about, David. Here, I'm taking over for you hosting again. Take, take the night off. Alright, well, let's get through. We have a couple more things we're going to get through really quickly. The Angels signed Aaron Loop, who, you're like, who? What? Why are you bringing this up? It was a two-year, $17 million contract. Now, this was reported, and I, forgive me because I forgot where uh, the, the Twitter link for who reported this, but apparently this was the first time the Angels have signed a pitcher to a multi-year contract since 2013. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's pretty wild, isn't it? I yeah, I didn't know that. that. I did not know that. And it makes sense, doesn't it, from what we've seen? Like yeah. They have not invested in pitching. And I thought that was so interesting that the general manager said, you know, we're going to really buckle down and invest in pitching. And then, you know, they got Noah Syndergaard. You know, is that really investing in pitching for one year? I don't know. But uh, that's the Angels. 
Yeah, I would be so frustrated if I was an Angels fan, honestly. I don't know how they stand by their team year after year. It's honestly Shout out Adam Rank. Yeah, I commented on his uh, thing when he said, bring in Marcus Stroman. I said, no, 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 no. My twins need him, and that will be a foreshadow for what we're talking about in the show. But a couple other things we're going to talk about here. The Houston Astros brought in the big fish. They brought him back. Justin Verlander is going to technically a two-year, $25 million a year with a, I believe it is a team option for the second year. So he basically, it was reported the Yankees offered him a one-year, $25 million deal. But that second year with the the, uh, Astros is what sold Justin Verlander. So Doc, where would you rank? And I know this is at the top of your head. You had to give a ballpark of where you think Justin Verlander's ranked among starting pitchers next year. Where would you rank him? I'd say in the fourteen fifteen range. Isn't in his late thirties, coming a year, coming off a year from Tommy John. I mean, that is higher than I would put almost any other pitcher. But because it's Justin Verlander, I'm willing to give him a little bit of a bump. But you wonder if he might be a little bit rusty out of the gate, or maybe they, you know, kind of cap his innings to begin the year. Is 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 Corey Kluber heading into 2021 a comp? No. no. I think because, well, first of all, let me correct myself. It's he has an opt-out himself after the first year. Okay. So it's, it's his control for the second year. Uh, he can opt back in for the second year of 25. It's not a comp for me because Corey Kluber is struggling to hit 92. Okay. And if, if that 92 is not going and is down to like 90, then that other stuff he has, his cutter and other, doesn't, do as well. He needs the speed variance. Justin Verlander's throwing 97. I, what I, I mean is like coming into this season before he got signed with the Yankees and came in and, and looked pretty good in his throwing is, is are, are we, because Kluber was drafted around 150, between 150 and 200 uh, last, coming into 2021. Do we pick Verlander 50 Pick sixty, pick yeah, seventy. I think I like the fifty seventy range. I agree with David. I wouldn't say it's a comp because Corey Kluber had like two different injuries. He had the forearm fracture, and then he had the the tear in his lat. So that's someone that essentially hasn't pitched in two major league seasons. That once yeah. again we're talking about the the speed. He him topping out at ninety two, Verlander at ninety seven. I mean, I think kind of Verlander did need a year off. Like he's just been yeah. so durable and thrown so much, but. I think 50-70 range. I'll probably take a flyer on him. Yeah, I think he'll be a top 15 pitch. Oh, Marty, the, the Justin Verlander guy himself. Top, uh, he right now, and I haven't finished my rankings, but he's, he's floating around the 25th pitcher. Spoiler alert! And, 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 the, and the reason for that is just his longevity of his innings. I mean, I don't see him going more than four, like four or five for a couple months of the season. You know, um, unless he just goes full Verlander. You know, I mean, he has that 18 months off, you know, but... You know, to take him that high, I'd rather just have somebody else at that point. You know, like a oh. Sandy Alcantara. You know, Marty. When we do our triple play uh, league draft this year, I will definitely be taking him, and I'm not going to be worried about you taking him from me. So that's one. Well, list we'll have spring training to watch, so things can change. Stay tuned. I, I think by the time spring training's done, he's going to get up into the top 15 starting pitchers. Yeah, it's possible. I do. Uh, let's Far touch on the last back. couple couple things here. Bryce Harper and Shohei Otani won MVP awards. I think those were the right decisions, correct? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. As much as I wanted Vlad Jr. to win, uh, Shohei Otani was the MVP. Robbie Ray and Corbin Burns won the signings. I think we were all okay with Robbie Ray, correct? Yeah. Shocked. Mortified. But yes, okay with it. 
<laughs> I think the only one that was controversy was Zach Wheeler versus Corbin Burns versus Walker Bueller. Uh, did they? I, I think there's arguments for all of them. What were your guys' thoughts about Corbin Burns getting it? I prefer to, I, and I, I look at the the Walker Bueller's more innings pitch. I think it's super important, and we can rely on the analytics and everything like that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to being available for your team. I think whoever be able to do that at that high level, hitting 200 innings, which is not a given these days by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I think it's huge. I give it to him. Awesome. All right. Well, I believe. Oh, yeah, I'll touch on these just so everybody knows that Pedro Severino signed a one-year $1.9 million deal with the Brewers. Jose Quintana, who Eric loves so much, signed a deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Billy He's McKinney. awful. Billy McKinney, who you remember with the Dodgers last year was traded to the Rangers for cash. You know what else is cash? Join the content over at Triple Play Fantasy. And if you want to hear more of what we got, please check out all the great things going on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got our football and basketball podcasts, Super Fantasy Bros Between the Seams with Marty and Mac, the Tripwire, a bunch of great stuff on the YouTube channel. Of course, Coaches Corners, Fantasy Foodies, Movie Minutes. If you'd like to check out some writing, you can go to TripPlayFantasy.com where you'll see stuff like Marty's rankings. Our buddy Matt Goodwin, who's now a new member of Triple Play Fantasy, just put out an article on NFBC DC, I believe, ADP, which is a great read. I just edited it, and it's a fantastic read. And make sure you stay in the know by following the account on social media at Triple Play Fantasy. Now, fellas, on an ideal morning, the sun would be shining, the birds would be chirping, and I'd be grilling me up some eggs. But some days are not going to be ideal. Some days you wake up and a tree has fallen on your house. Other days, you might wake up and your dog attacked the mailman and did $3 worth of damage. Or sometimes, you have to hop in the car and rush to the store to get that last bottle of sugar-free syrup. So, when an emergency strikes and you need to find your zen, it's nice to have something you can put in your ears and listen to on the go. Now, if you're looking for a podcast to listen to, potentially even when your girlfriend's water just broke and you need to calm her down on the way to the hospital, look no further than Triple Play Fantasy, because I'm telling you, it just might change your life. All right. We're going to jump into the fixing the AL Central edition with Dr. Mike Carter right after this. We back. We live. You hear my voice back. Doc is relegated back to his co-host role. Um, your guys are welcome for that. It was a good run. Yeah. But anyway... We are here live on a Tuesday night. Thanksgiving's on Thursday because we're moving the show up a little bit here. We got a, a great cast and crew here. Wanna quickly, of course, remind you guys that we are part of Fantasy Points Media and the Fantasy Points Media Group. Now, if you use code 21 Triple Play 10, you will get a 10% off anything on their website, DFS tools, optimizers, anything to help you win your fantasy football leagues. You can use our code and get that stuff. And they have a 50% off rest of season going right now. So you get 60% off, if my math is correct. And that is a just a great deal that I cannot speak enough of. Don't pass that up. All right. I'm done selling. I'm here you a math talk. teacher? <laughs> no, I'm a phys ed teacher. I don't think your math is right. <laughs> it is I'm right. Sure. I'm not sure. All right. Go ahead. Plus 50% is 60%. Uh, I I didn't hear the I didn't hear yeah sixty percent. Oh You're my right. god, making, You're right. me, making me feel <laughs> bad about myself. All right, well, you know the normal crew: cheesecake, Marty, and Doc here. But there's an actual better Doc. 
that I need to talk about. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know exactly who I'm talking about. We welcome in a man that I'm honestly not sure how to intro in anymore because he's been on the show so many times. I think our audience knows his exact life. So we're going to try here. The writing of Closing Remarks, writer at Nine Inning Know-It-All, Fantrax, SP Streamer, and Roto Fanatic. He's the proud dad of Ellie, Jack, and Jack's farts. Give this man a cigar, a drink, and a podcast, and he's set. Ladies and gentlemen, the superior doc and closer connoisseur, champion Little League coach, Mike Carter. What's up, man? Oh, boy. Hey, guys. How how are you all doing? It's a pleasure to be back with you guys. I think this is number five for me, maybe number six. I'm not sure. You're definitely set the record for all three shows, that's for sure. Wait, David, I thought of something that you didn't put in this intro. What's that? Uh The superior teacher over David. (laughs) Good one. That's good. I'll do this. <laughs> That's awesome. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, man. We're good. We're pumped to have you on. Uh, how's your year? How's your how's teaching this year been for you? Uh, it's been a total disaster. Um, not gonna lie. <laughs> no, it's been you know it's been I, I've never seen anything like it. You know, we just we just um, so many needs for so many kids and uh, so many kids struggling with um, being back in 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 the classroom together with a larger group wearing the masks, uh, hard to read people's, you know, facial expressions and body language. And it's been a struggle, man. I, I, I'm let, I'm glad that we're on a little bit of a break here this week because I really need it. So. <laughs> yeah. Speaking as a teacher right there with you, doc, this is a year unlike many have ever seen, at least in Baltimore, we're actually at a teacher shortage because so many have quit and just aren't trying to deal with everything that's been going on this year. It's been pretty crazy. We're up yep. to about we're up to forty eight fights at my school. So wow, we're at, we're setting records over here. Not the good kind of records. No, um, that's rough, man. Yeah, but these three these three are like, all right, you guys, enough of your teacher talk. Let's talk <laughs> baseball. That's what the teachers' lounge is for. Well, I just can't believe you guys actually keep track of how many fights we have. A we have a board where we just draw a tally on every it, time. What is considered a fight? You know, is there like do people weigh in? Is there you know this might be a whole thing. <laughs> Uh, see that that's true. There's no way in. There is a lot of smack talk, and there is a lot of dirty play. Now I can't say these fights are done cleanly, but uh, yes, it's been. There's hair pulling, eye poking, and stuff we won't get into. But I will tell you what we're going to get into tonight. We are talking fixing the division AL Central style. So we talked about free agency position previews and dynasty outlooks later on this off season. So we're going to right now going to go division by division, and we're going to talk about your favorite team, especially if you're listening to this episode at the AL Central. And we are going to talk about who are contenders, pretenders, and what teams should do with free agents or assets that they have. And we're basically going full GM mode. All right. Now, Mike Carter has the Chicago White Sox, his favorite team. Marty has the Detroit Tigers, his favorite team. I'm doing the Minnesota Twins, my favorite team. And then Doc and Cheesecake fought over the scraps, which were the Kansas City <laughs> Royals and the Cleveland Guardians. So we're going to go around the horn and we're going to hit on a variety of topics, starting with our first one right here. And that's bad contracts. So, Mike Carter, are there any bad contracts on this team? And if so, are they movable? Well, by far the worst contract on the White Sox is Dallas Keuchel, I would say, right? They, they signed him to a three-year, $55 million deal. Uh, in 2019, and they owe him 18.5 this year. Uh, he was uh, worse than mediocre last year. His fastball and his changeup are exactly the same speed, which makes hitting him a, a dream for the rest of the American League Central. 
Uh, I do think that they're, they would have the ability to move him if they were willing to eat some of that contract. There's always teams that are looking for pitching. Um, there's going to be somebody out there who thinks that he might be able to recapture what he's done. And who knows? Maybe somebody really likes a gold glove pitcher because he won the gold glove last year because 65,000 balls were hit back at his head. So uh, he had no choice but to feel to defend himself. But I think that that's a movable contract. He's in the last year of that contract now, and I could see somebody, if the Sox were able to eat some of that, take care of that. Now, they also have Craig Kimbrell with the $16 million option that they picked up, which is kind of a head-scratcher. And Rick Hahn said last week at the GM meetings that they were going to look to move Kimbrell, um, which probably with the signing, the alleged signing of Kendall Graveman this morning, this afternoon, uh, makes moving Kimbrell probably a priority winner. So I think those are the two worst contracts. I do not think Yasmani Grandal's contract is a bad contract, although I think other people would probably disagree with me on that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much a matter of now when and not if Craig Kimbrell gets moved, right? And especially like you said with the Graveman signing, uh, he's going to go and close somewhere. So that contract will be off the books. Yeah, I would guess that whoever doesn't, whoever loses out on the sweepstakes for Iglesias or Kenley Jansen might have some interest in Kimbrel, depending on which half they believe in. Do they believe in the first half Kimbrel or the second half Kimbrel? The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But he has some value for somebody who uh, you know loses out on the two prime free agent closers. Yeah, no, I, I mean that's very true, and there always teams are looking for closers because right now the elite relief pitchers don't exist very much right now in these day and age. He needs to cut his hair though. I'm. That look he was sporting last year was a very weird look. I don't know if I can if I can stay with that look or not. Well, you like mullets, apparently, we learned this week. so That's true. I'm growing a mullet. Mm-hmm. It is coming in. You just can't mm-hmm. fully tell yet, but it's there. Uh, but, Doc, speaking of mullets and ugly things, let's talk about you and the Cleveland Guardians, <laughs> which is a, an ugly name in itself. I'm not a fan. Do you guys you know, like the Guardians? No, absolutely not. It's better than the alternative. That's true. That is That's true. very true. Yeah. Well, what about the Cleveland Spiders? I would love that. The logo's amazing. Yeah, Spider would be a cool logo. I, 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 can you imagine the mascot? How horrifying that would be to see an eight foot spider just walking up and down the aisle. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Kids They're crying. Really, they really messed that would up be in, awesome. their, in their marketing department. Doc, they Cleveland is not known to be big spenders. Do they have any bad contracts? So only one I can I found was Austin Hedges. Uh, he's making three point seven five mil, which is like fourth on the team. And last season, one seventy eight, ten homers, thirty one RBIs, and eighty eight games played. So your fourth highest position is somebody that's splitting catcher duties. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to take it. I think they just eat it this year and then let him go. Yeah, Cleveland. This is one of the places they excel. No they bad contract. Pay. They don't pay. All right. Cheesecake, they can go now to you, and we can talk about the Kansas City Royals, who also don't usually seem to like to pay their players. <laughs> Any bad contracts? Well, I think that you can argue that there are two bad contracts. Their biggest contract is Sal Perez, but, uh, you know, Sal Perez is the best hitting catcher in all of baseball. He averages a 20.5 average annual value through 2025. I think that's fine. Um, they also, but they have Mike Miner and Carlos Santana, my boy Carlos. Uh, he's making 10 and a half mil and Mike Miner's making 10 mil, but that's only through next year. I could see uh minor being dealt at the deadline. If he puts in a good first half, um, Santana, 
Right now, Roster Resource has Hunter Dozier even in as the uh, starting first baseman, and they have Adalberto Mondesi as the DH. So, you know, they don't they don't even have Santana in the starting lineup. I, I have a hard time seeing that that situation hold. Uh, I think Santana is going to be in the starting lineup every day once the season comes around. But um, but he's making a he's making the second most uh, second most on the team per season, and uh, right now we're not even sure if he's going to be an everyday player. I think it will end up him. He's an everyday player, um, but I think minor ten million. I think he could be dealt, but he's probably more of a deadline deal because he did put in a subpar season. All right, yeah. I mean, if Mike Miner's the worst contract, that's not too bad. Um, again, Royals. Should probably, I'd say their their best shot maybe this year is being third in that division. Uh, they don't look like they have all the pieces there they need to contend. I'm sure they'll sell off what they can. So I think that's the right idea there, Cheesecake. Marty, you got your Detroit Tigers. Excited are, to talk about it, Who are ready to spend a lot of money this offseason. We're hoping. We're all so, hoping. Any I'm, not, I'm not hoping. Right I'm yeah. not hoping, by the way, but. <laughs> Anyone who, over the last three years, if there's been any type of splash in the AL Central, it's been your team. So I do not want to hear it. <laughs> That's legit. That's legit. So go ahead, Marty. What Any bad contracts as of the moment with the Detroit Tigers? There is. There is one huge, huge mistake contract. I mean, I wouldn't even call it that. It's the legacy contract of Miguel Cabrera, mm-hmm. right? The eight-year deal he signed all the way back when. Um, two years left on that. So this year and then Ooh. one more year, $32 million each year. Oh, it's that much? It's that much, yeah. Um, oh, so to, answer your, to quickly answer your question, no, it's not movable. Um, he only hit 15 home runs last year. He's batting 256. He played about 130 games. Nothing, nothing crazy there. So with what we lack of you know, quantity of big contracts, because there's only two uh, players on the Tigers, um, that hitters anyway that have more than a one year left, and we just re-signed uh, Jonathan Scope, and that was seven seven million a year for two years. It's fine. Um, uh, Matthew Boyd, you could look to as potentially a bad contract, uh, seven point five million. This is his last year, so I think he is movable. Um, but the question is, will anybody want him? Um, you know, he had a three point eight nine ERA last year, but his xFIP was four point seven nine. His whip and K percentages were down. Uh, the only thing that he's good at right now is limiting hard contact, which isn't, you know, not nothing. But um, maybe a playoff team might want him, but that's about it for the Tigers. Not too bad with uh, all the money that they're going to spend. So that they're in a good spot as well. The Twins fit the vibe of a lot of the teams in this division. Right now, they have two players that combine to make 44% of their salary. Josh Donaldson has two years and $42 million left on his deal and a club option of $10 million in 2024. I'm sorry, uh, $16 million club <coughs> option in 2024. So I would expect that they're going to decline the club option in 2024, and they're going to have to ride out the next two years of 21 mil. And let's not mistake, Josh, Josh Donaldson's a good player when he's on the field. The problem is he's just not on the field enough, and he's going to be blocking younger players. Now the Twins which we'll get to in a second with if they trade assets, I won't spoil everything. They have a lot of good young players in the minor leagues right now. And Josh Donaldson being hurt and taking up that much money and basically just settling at the, the at third base. And uh, I don't think that's a great contract there. And Miguel Sano is the other one who actually right now, next year is his last guaranteed year, $9.2 million. Mm-hmm. But they have a club option of $14 million in 2023. 
now as it stands right now, I can't see them exercising that club option of 14 million for a guy that's going to hit you 35 to 40 home runs, but that's about it. And he's not healthy either. He misses a lot of time and you can get power elsewhere, especially with the strikeout rates that he has. So I would say again, not horrible contracts, but at this point right now, those are definitely two contracts that they're going to want to move. Miguel Sano obviously is going to be a little bit harder because he's only in his last year of his deal. So it'd be more of a rental most likely. And Josh Donaldson, two years of, of $21 million each. I doubt that gets moved. So I think you trade Miguel Sano after he has a four home run week, because then he's going to strike out 75% of his at bats <laughs> the following week. Yeah, there you go. Get him, get, do it. Uh, it's like when you're playing poker or you're playing roulette or something and you win a big hand or you win a lot of money instead of like, can I win more? You're like, no, I know I'm going to start losing now. So I have to make sure I get up while I'm still ahead. That's what Miguel Sano. All right. Biggest assets. So back to you, Mike, who are your team's biggest assets? And do you expect them to keep them or move them for potentially future parts? So basically this is kind of like if your team buying right now and, and looking to bring more guys in, or are they looking to sell off some parts? Well, I think the White Sox are definitely in win-now mode, and I think uh, anybody on this panel would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think that they've got a young core. Here's an interesting thing that I, I calculated today, and I know that we're not math magicians here, but um, today uh, Wander Franco allegedly signed a $182 million contract extension. Mm-hmm. The White Sox have the following players signed for the next five to six years. Tim Anderson, six years at $25 million total. signed what? 2017, they owe him $9.5 million in 2022. Eloy Jimenez has a six-year $43 million contract that he signed in 2019, due to make $6.5 million this year. Louis Robert, Luis Robert, Robert, I should say, six years, $50 million in 2020. So they're paying him $6 million this year. And Yohan Moncada, the old man of the group, five years, $70 million, $13 million in 2022. Add those contracts all together, it's $188 million that they owe those guys for, uh, if I'm, my math is right, 23 years of control. So uh, you, need, you need to tweet that out because that's insane. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So I, I was I, thinking about Wander today made me think, I'm like, I wonder how much money the White Sox have tied up because I know what Rick Hahn has done masterfully is buy out free agency on these guys and get – those years at a, at a, a deal when those guys all signed those deals before they were major league stars, right? So they, he was projecting that out, and now they've got this money, and they have $156 million payroll so far for next year, with Abreu and Grandal being the highest paid guys on that team and whatever. So I think they're definitely in buy mode. Um, they spent $24 million today, allegedly, on Kendall Graveman. Uh, I think that they're going to spend, and I think that they're going to spend judiciously it would not surprise me at all to see them add and not subtract from that. I could see them moving somebody, uh, say, a an Andrew Vaughn or a Gavin. Had good contributions this year and are young that might be able to bring something back in trade. But I don't really think that they're looking to subtract. I think that they're looking to add at this point, as well they should be. The division is very winnable, and I think that they got their ass kicked against Houston. I was at both home games that they that you know they won the first one and they lost the second one. I think that they're licking their chops a little bit and hoping for another chance to get back in there next year, which they should have. And I think that that means that they're going to be adding and not subtracting any of those assets. Although sometimes around here you do hear rumors going around that they're not super thrilled with Eloy and his work ethic, and that he might be somebody that they would move. I don't see that. I don't 
I think that's just meatball talk on sports radio. Um, <laughs> meatball I, I, yeah, that, that, you know, when you have fans around, we got a lot of meatballs in Chicago, right? You know, hey, you know, uh, we'll trade you our third string left tackle for Tom Brady. You know, like these idiots that call up on the radio and make these suggestions. That's a fair offer. Yeah, right. I mean, there are Bears fans who think that that would be okay, right? So um, I, I think that they're going to definitely add. So wait, yep. Doc, who do you dislike more, Matt Nagy or Tony Larusa? Boy, that's a really good question. That's a really I, good question. I, I I would say Matt Nagy because he's a fraud, and I I think um, I, I I had somebody tell me the other day that he they feel like he woke up, he hit a triple and woke up and thought that he got there on his own by coaching with Andy Reid, and <laughs> you know, he he really has not brought in a system. They've not been able to develop anybody. He doesn't seem to have the ability to figure out that he's got this guy that's in front of him who's a stud and can't figure out how to use him. And we did the same thing with Trubisky. Not that Trubisky was a stud like Fields is, but he can't develop a quarterback. So, no, I hate him more, even though I hate Tony LaRusso's bullpen management more than ever. You know, you're trashing the 2018 NFL Coach of the Year, just letting you know. Yeah, right, because the gimmick plays worked in 2018, Eric. Now they don't they don't work anymore. The the, the tight end the tight end uh, flip at the goal line doesn't work anymore because everybody's seen it. We don't they don't adjust. I, I'm I wouldn't mind at all if he got fired on Thursday. That's what the rumor going around Chicago was is that he's been told that Thursday is his last game and that they're out. Now the Bears have never fired a coach midseason in 101 years, so I don't know if that'll actually happen or not, but we'll see. Yeah, I think you're right, Doc. They the White Sox are as much a win now. Like we're not selling assets; we're bringing guys in as any team out there right now. I fully agree with you on that. Now, Doc, Cleveland seems like they're a little more in that purgatory uh, where we don't know what they're going to do. You got Jose Ramirez there. What do you think they're doing with him as an? He's obviously it seems like pretty much the only hitting asset. They have a lot of pitchers there. What do you think they're doing? So I think they have two, they have four assets. They have two stars and then they have two lower tier ones. Jose Ramirez is in the last year of his deal. He's making 12 mil. I think that's probably the most obvious trade candidate. When they didn't re-sign Lindor, it was showing that they're kind of going through a rebuild. Shane Bieber is making 4.5 million this year. He has two years left of arbitration or two potential arbitration years. And he's an unrestricted free agent in 2025. I don't think they keep him either. They've gotten rid of all pitching in the past. Clevenger. Bauer, even going back to CC Sabathia. Then we go to the lower tier. And I have Fran Mel Reyes, who's making $3.5 million this year, two arbitration years, and then a UFA. I think they keep him and kind of make him the, the star of the team. And then they have Cal Quantrill, who I think is now an asset at this point. And I think that they'll probably flip him for the best offer that they can get for him because he's under control for three years. So I think anyone that they're going to get for value, they're going to flip and just gut feeling they keep Fran Mill. Yeah, I could see that. Do you think that is there – how do you feel about Zach Plesak, Doc? I don't, I, I don't think his trade value is really up there that much. Like, I think kind of what we've seen with the inconsistencies, but I feel like the reputation around him is that he's kind mm-hmm. of like a knucklehead. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing with COVID, then, you mm-hmm. know, punching a wall and breaking his hand, like – I feel like then the character issues start going in there. So I can't see teams wanting to give up for him and knowing that, you know, he's not going to be the best locker room presence. Fair enough. Cheesecake, the Royals, mm-hmm. Whitfield, Mr. Mm-hmm. Witt himself. Multi-hit nice, Witt. 
he's an oh, I like that. He's a mm-hmm. nice asset there. What do we think with the Royals? Any assets? Are they going to bring people in? What, what, what are these Royals doing? Well, they do have some some nice assets. They got a mm-hmm. they got a, a guy who's going to be their opening day third baseman, and that's Bobby Wood Jr. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's a heck of an asset. <laughs> um, a lot of, a lot of hopes for him coming up in 2021 after his great uh, spring training. But uh, we didn't really see him this year. Asa Lacy, the first round pick in 2020. What a great pitching prospects they get, they have there. They have some nice prospects going. I want to talk about three of their starting pitchers, 25 years, all going to be around 25 years old when the season starts. That's Brady Singer, Chris Bubick, and Carlos Hernandez. They all look like they could be rotation mainstays. I'm not going to predict, not going to predict high ceilings for any of them, but I do think that they are valuable rotation pieces for Kansas City and Young. Uh, Nicky Lopez finally showed that he he can play a little. He had 300 last year. Uh uh no pop, two home runs, but but uh but uh 22 steals, 300 batting average, good defense at shortstop. So obviously they have some they have some pieces there. I don't suspect they will be adding much. Right now their their projected salary is 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 higher than it was in 2021 by about 16 million. Uh, so I think that what you're going to see from them possibly is some relief pitcher signings with the hope of flipping them for more prospects like a lot of teams do. Um, and perhaps, um, perhaps, uh, someone, uh, you know, a, a starting pitcher to, to, uh, to perhaps round out the rotation to help them. Uh, and, and that pitcher could also be dealt at the trade deadline. I think they're, they're a team that's collecting assets at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't think the Royals are going to obviously be contending anytime soon. And you said you think Wit could be dealt by the deadline. No, I I don't. Well, Wit's still under our is in his last year of arbitration. So, and that's that's actually surprising because I think he's thirty three this year. So he he really is a late bloomer. Being in his last year of arbitration uh, and therefore being a free agent, that could make him dealt but i you know kansas city is a as a franchise likes to hold on to their quote-unquote icons mm-hmm. and i think wit has wit has sort of graduated to that status in kansas city all right fair enough marty let's talk about your tigers assets there are a lot of pitchers on that pet on that staff that were considered untouchable and now i don't know what to think of a lot of them and the young hitters coming up Pretty looking pretty, pretty nice. What are we thinking with these Tigers? And yep, and that's exactly where I'm going to start. So let me just preface this. So looking at their um, their entire roster, like I said, there's only Cabrera and Jonathan Scope. They're going to be on there for longer than just this year. And they're not part of the long-term future either, right? Mm-hmm. So this whole team is about two, three years away from being like a serious contender. Okay, and that's with or without Correa. Um, so we're going to start with number one. The fourth uh, overall prospect, uh, Spencer Torkelson. So mm-hmm. Torkelson, first baseman. He's not going to be a third baseman. I know he was drafted as a third baseman. That's nonsense. He's going to be a first baseman. He is the key to the Tigers' future. Okay. Um, he's, he needs to be a perennial all-star at first for their outlook to be, you know, really good. Um, he's Like I said, he's the fourth overall prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. In his first year in the minors, he and that was a combo of high A, double a and triple a he moved right up 
he hit 30 home runs. He knocked in 91 RBIs and he slashed 267, 353, 552. So, um, so yeah, number one, Torkelson. Number two is going to be the uh, Riley Green, another prospect outfielder. So he's the seventh overall prospect according to MLB Pipeline. Um, in Double A and Triple A, he combined to hit 301, 301 with twenty four home runs and sixteen steals. So from a uh, fantasy perspective, you got to love it. Pop and steals coming up. Um, looking at just overall, I was kind of just taking a look at their ADP and current um, draft champions. And Torkelson is being drafted two hundred and around two fifty one. And just for some uh, context, that's around Enrique Hernandez and Charlie Blackman. So people are already expecting him to come up this year. I don't see it personally happening uh, Personally happening for him. Same thing with Riley Green. Uh, people are taking him. His current ADP is 288. So around wow. Max Kepler, you know, is around him. And he's 50 spots ahead of Andrew McCutcheon. So wow. there's, a, there's a big buy-in so far. And then you, you touched on it, the young arms, Mize. Um, Scoobal and Manning. So Mize, 3.71 ERA with 12 quality starts last year. He finally showed some promise. We're still waiting on Scoobal. I mean, if you take a look at his, um, his stack cast data, it's, as you would say, Mr. Freeze is in the house, man. It's, it's pretty brutal looking at it. Um, and then lastly, he's going to be Eduardo Rodriguez. So we just inked him for five years. So he's a big, he's not going anywhere. None of the big arms are going anywhere. Riley Green's not going anywhere. No one's going anywhere. Yeah. Like you said, the Tigers are, they're like, we kind of talked about they're the White Sox from a couple of years ago. You, they just see them building a bunch of assets. These young guys are coming up. And before you know it, you're bursting on the scene, being one of the favorites in the American League. So I guess since just with the way the Twins and the Royals and the Guardians are at right now, this is going to be a two-team division for what seems like in the, you know, and then the next two to three years, this could be for like the next half a decade between you two. Assuming the young talent continues to play out as it should. Well, what, at the end, the, uh... good. Sorry, David. I was going to say to Marty's point. I think that uh, I read last weekend. I think that the Tigers, at since the end of May, were sixty-eight and sixty-one. So they got off to a real rough start, but they really competed in the middle of the season. And we got to see those young arms quite a few times here in Chicago. And I was really impressed with Mize. Um, in the limited time that he, I think he only pitched three or four innings the time that I saw him. But uh, Manning, Manning's going to be really good too. And Scooble, forget. I mean, if he figures it out, it's going to be game over for a lot of people. He's he's really disgusting. Yeah, Tigers got a lot of great pieces. Speaking of great pieces, the Twins have a lot of assets, and they are right now. They came into last year with expectations to be a playoff team, and they were far from it. Now this year, to, to be completely honest with you. They look to me like a team that could hover around 500. I don't expect them to be a playoff team. And if they're at the certain point where they're not going to make the playoffs, I wonder if they sell. You already have Jose Barrios. He's gone. But right now you have guys like Jorge Polanco, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Tyler Duffy, Trevor Rogers. All these guys are sought-after pieces that would be great for contending teams. So if the Twins are out of contention, I really do think that they'll deal a lot of these guys. You know, you have the Alex Kirilovs, you have the Nick Gordons, you have the Royce Lewises. There's a lot of pieces that are ready to start coming up and taking these spots. So if they feel like they can get good young assets, like you saw with the Barrios trade, where it seems like they got a pretty good deal with the Blue Jays. I think it was one of the better deals at the trade deadline, considering what was going down. If something like that reveals itself to them, 
I could see them being okay to part with these guys. I mean, if you look, Max Kepler, five-year, $35 million contract, $7 million a year, pretty good deal. Jorge Polanco, five-year, $25.7 million contract, about $5 million a year. Kenta Maeda was a good contract until, obviously, the injury. He's an eight-year, $25 million deal, $3 million a year. Uh, besides that, Randy Dobnak is signed for a five-year, $9.2 million deal. Jake Cave is signed for a one-year $800,000 deal, and that's pretty much all committed right now. Like, it's it's a lot of these guys I expect to be dealt if the Twins are out of contention and they go full rebuild like the Tigers, like the White Sox have done. So It'll be interesting will- to see what they do because I think that last year I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, they're going to trade off a bunch of these guys. They're going to trade off Rodgers. They're going to trade off. I, they didn't really do much at the deadline last year. Yeah, makes me didn't. wonder if they think that they're going to bounce back pretty quickly this year. I don't know. I think they'll definitely. I think their thinking was it was an off year. They unloaded Nelson Cruz and got you know a good asset back. So I think that they were like, okay, we'll we'll do that. But I think this is it. If they're not contending this next year, there's no reason that the guys like Jorge Polanco or like the you know the Tyler Duffy's or Taylor Rogers like there's no reason these guys will still need to stick around. I. I would be shocked if the Twins aren't selling at least two or three of their guys by the trade deadline this year. Uh, all right, let's talk about possible offseason targets you think your team might try to obtain in a trade. So let's go reverse order. I'll just quickly go from the Twins here. And some guys on this list already were taken on my original list I have, but they need a, a experienced starter because they have a lot of young guys coming in that rotation. I would love a Marcus Stroman. I would love a one-year prove-it deal from Carlos Rodon. Steven Matz is garbage, and that's exactly who I think the Twins will sign. I, I really do think when it's all said and done, Steven Matz is going to be the pitcher they bring in, and I'm going to sit here and just shake my head so much. There's a lot of people who think he's going to sign in the next couple of days right before Thanksgiving. I love uh, it. I if, love he goes it. To the, if he goes to the Twins, you guys are going to hear me cry uh, because that's, this is exactly who the Twins bring in, and it's ridiculous. Um, I think they'll also bring in a reliever, something like a, either a Corey Knable or Ryan Tapera, something like that. I think those will be their two pitching moves. Uh, I'm just used to it at this point. Marty, the Tigers obviously have a lot of free agents they want to bring in, notably Carlos Correa. Besides him, are there any others you've been hearing of potentially who they're looking at to bring in? Well, we'll start with number one, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, right? We already signed him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of money is already tied up there. Um, Number two, we already traded for Tucker Barnhart, which is actually like a low-key, really good signing. I mean, he has two really, goals. Really good. Yep. Yep. He's going to be able to work with that young pitching staff, you know, and really help develop them. We only had to give up Nick uh, Quintana, you know, so a very low-end prospect, you know. Um, I think he's maybe second baseman if he's lucky. Um, and the Tigers already aren't ruling out a possible contract extension for Barnhart. So, you know, thumbs up there. I really like the beginning to the offseason. You already touched on Correa. I mean, he's going out to lunch with AJ Hens. We're seeing all of this. Um, I would, I would love for them to sign him. Uh, the money would obviously be a lot, but, but more importantly, it would represent that Detroit baseball, the Tigers baseball is back. You know, a big name free agent signing with his old coach. That's going to really start building things, you know, and when these young guys come up, you know, they're going to have pros to actually look at, you know, um, and actually be able to, you know, get even better. So if, we get Carlos Correa. That's a good start. Now, 
John Heyman of MLB Network. He may know a little bit more than me. I don't know. He's a little bit closer to the. Um, he's got his. Uh, he's, he's, got close. he's close to the pulse, you know. Um, but um, so what he said was everything adds up with Korea, except that the Tigers aren't planning on putting all their free Asian dollars in a single basket, making Javi Baez or Marcus Simeon more likely targets for Detroit. Um, that well, part of the part of the problem is that they only have plastic garbage cans in Detroit. So, that's a good one. Sorry, no. Hey, you know it's one of those things that like Tigers are very quiet about the whole Astros thing. You know, you guys have they have Verlander, we have their coach. It's like kind of like low key root for them. But um, anyway, yeah. So, um, I would be okay with actually. You know what? To be honest with you, I don't want bias. I don't want Simeon. I don't want either person. I don't think it'll be worth it. Um, I'll, I would take Correa though. But uh, yeah, that's what. And then there's any. I, I think that's all they'll do. I don't think they'll. Do. We might see one more veteran pitcher added. Hopefully not Matt. I'll let you take them. But uh, that's about it. What we expect from the uh, the Tigers. All right, cheesecake. Anything from the Royals? You expect them to bring in anybody? I mean, I have a few names. I think if you know relief pitchers. You know, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna add a few relief pitchers. I, I don't have any names there. I think if we're looking in the starters market, which I do expect them possibly to sign a starter, I think you're looking at John Gray, Huang Hung Kim, um, you know, maybe uh, Zach Davies, you know, guys who are who are around thirty years old, possibly could add some value after a good first half. Um, that's about it right now. They're really in, in, in like an acquisition mode. So, so any sort of long-term deal is, is off the table. I don't see them signing any hitters actually either. Yeah. I think that's about accurate. Doc, similar with the guardians. Yeah. I mean, you had mentioned earlier that their pitching is pretty stacked. That it's usually their strength. I think they just go after a hitter, you know, kind of like a secondary one. I was looking at like a Jock Peterson or Eduardo Escobar. You know, maybe Kyle Schwarber, if he doesn't get a a big contract. You know, I think a lot of these teams that are, you know, quote unquote, smaller markets are going to wait till the big stars sign. And then, you know, they'll sign two or three players for a couple million each year to say, you know, this is our attempt at, you know, trying to have a formidable team. But I don't think they're going to do much. Yeah, let's get some exciting in here. Let's get some excitement. Let's talk about the White Sox. They're bringing in. Let's bring some energy from these uh, these boring teams over here on my uh, my right side. Let's see. You know, I mean, here's the thing. So there's always a lot of rumor and conjecture around the White Sox and, and the last couple of years, especially with uh, adding pieces. And so there's been a lot of uh, names, the usual suspects, I would say. And I think one of the big decisions they have to make is uh, it does not look like they really want to bring Carlos Rodon back. They they need somebody that's going to have a few more innings in him than the 135 that he threw last year. And to be real honest with you, They've been burned by his injuries so much in the past that I don't think that they think that he can keep it up for a full season. And I think that they knew that in the playoffs. Um, and it was, it was, it's too bad. I mean, the guy, the guy busts his ass and tries super hard, right? But uh, I think that they're going to be looking for a pitching upgrade there for sure. And there had been some link, you know, again, people talk and they were said, oh, you know, they're looking at big name pitchers. They, somebody threw out Scherzer. I, I don't see that being a fit. I don't see them spending the money on a 37 year old guy. Even though if you were going to bring in a 37-year-old guy, he'd be the one to bring in, right? So they definitely need another pitcher. They've got a, a big two with Giolito and Lynn that they believe in. Um, they're moving Michael Kopech to the to the rotation this year, which leaves a hole in their bullpen. Um, I cannot stand. I can't. 
the days that he pitches, I have to walk away. I lose my mind because in my opinion, he's got some of the best stuff in the game and he just has no idea what the fuck he's doing half the time when he throws it. So it really, it pisses me off because I see him and I think, God, if somebody could get into his brain, this would be a top 10 starter. And he still gets great strikeout numbers and on the periphery, everything looks great. But then you watch him pitch and it's like, I just hate watching him not believe in himself, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm going to move on. I really think that a guy that has been proven, that has been a winner, that is somebody that has playoff experience would fit really well there. And I think a guy like Clayton Kershaw would be a great fit for the White Sox if he's healthy. Don't know that. I feel like the Dodgers know something we don't by letting him walk. Um, You know, it scares me a little bit. They also are going to be looking at an outfield upgrade. I firmly believe that they're not going to go into another season not knowing who's playing right field. We're not going to live with Lurie Garcia out there. We're not going to do some weird-ass platoon that doesn't work with him and Adam Engel. There's a lot. Uh, Conforto makes a lot of sense for them for on a one-year contract or two-year contract. Uh, I think he's a good bounce-back candidate. The guy can hit, and he's lefty. They really lack lefty pop in that in that lineup. Um, they love Castellanos. They have. Rick Hahn is known for years that he loves him. I don't think they can afford him. I'm not sure what they're going to do with their money. They also love Jock Peterson, who Eric just mentioned as well, is somebody that he could bring his pearls up to Chicago. As long as he's not walking around with those pearls after the game on the south side, he'll be okay. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I really think that there's a number of different directions they could go. A lot of people are calling for them to bring back Marcus Simeon, but Marcus Simeon wants $200 million, supposedly, and I don't mm-hmm. see that being a fit at second base. Uh, I could see them making a move and making a trade to get a second baseman that's maybe a little under the radar, uh, a Colton Wong type, not saying that Colton Wong is available, but a guy like that, and then spend some money in right field and then stockpile with pitching. Um, I, I really think that they're in, a, in, the, in the, the mood to add. And with those contracts, like we talked about before, they could make a splash. I mean, um, they're, they're, they're millions of dollars under the so-called soft cap, right? So, they could mm-hmm. really do some things if they want to do it. Jerry Reinsdorf's 85, similar to Illich, was in, in uh, Detroit and, and wants to win. He wants to win another one. So if he wants to win, he's going to have to pay up. All right. Uh, do, do you think – I'm sorry. Uh, when you mentioned Conforto, I think that's a great fit. But they would have to give up a first-round pick. Is that something that the, Sox, the Sox have been hesitant to do in the past? They really have been. You're right, Art. And I think part of the part of the thing with that is that the, the – the minor league, I don't see them making a lot of trades because the minor league is, is is gone. The cupboard is pretty bare. I mean, the the best prospects are the guys that they've taken the last couple of years, Jared Kelly and Montgomery, the shortstop they took last year. But they don't have a lot of, of um, things to move. There are a lot of assets to move. So I really do think that their mark will come in free agency. And depending on what they do with Kimbrell and what they might get for Keuchel, if anything, I don't know. But I think it's going to have to come for free from free agency for the White Sox if they're going to do something. Well, let's kind of wrap up this discussion. Let's talk about the team's realistic goals for 2022. So give us a record. And then if they're a playoff team, uh, you think they're a, a World Series contender. If I The terms I use are playoffs, purgatory, or pushover. I like the alliteration. So if you say playoffs, give us how far in the playoffs you think they go. Let's go around the horn. Mike, record and prediction. Uh, I think anything less than a deep playoff run for the White Sox would be extremely disappointing. I think that they learned some things this year against Houston. Houston's a real squad. They were not. They were, They got um, shown up for what they really were. I think uh, playoffs are, is a very real possibility. 90-plus wins, I think, is a, is a strong possibility. And I think that they are a World Series contender with the right moves this winter. I, th- I see Houston taking a step back. I see Oakland taking a step back. 
Um, I, I think that it could be wide open in the American League, and and whoever spends more most fortuitously this winter will probably end up being the team that uh, makes it to the, the the big dance there at the end. All right, White Sox starting it off hot, Doc. Uh, so the Guardians were eighty and eighty two last year. Um, keep in mind, Shane Bieber missed a lot of the season. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be in that same realm, especially if they trade Jose Ramirez. So I picked a number that I thought was very close to where they'd actually be, and I just want to say this on air. They're going to go 69. Nice. And nice. 93. And miss I the like playoffs. It. 69 and 93. All right, Cheesecake. Wow. Are the Royals doing any better than that? Yes, I think they will. I think you'll see further development from, from the, the singer Bubik and Hernandez. They're young. A triumvirate of starting pitchers and i think their 74 and 88 record from last year will be up to about 77 between 77 78 wins um i think that they're they're not in purgatory because they have a future to look forward to but uh so i i'm going to call them a pushover because because they're not in purgatory I think you're right. That's actually a really good way to classify them because you're right. They have a lot of young pieces that they're building. They're not like stuck in the middle and have nothing, nothing to look forward to or anything on the horizon. So I think that's a good call. Marty, Tigers 77 and 85 last year. Expected to make probably one of the biggest jumps in baseball next year. What's the expectations for this team? What's the record? Yeah, and I'm piggybacking off what Art said. They're in a similar um, uh, predicament. So with the, uh, with the Tigers, I'm going to say pur- uh, purgatory. 75 and 87. So you think they're going to lose two more games than they did yep. last year? Yep. They okay. overperformed last year. Um, they were 22, 22nd in OPS as a team. All they've added is Tucker, Barnhart. You know, we have to – the team still just isn't any good. Now, will Carlos Correa help? Yes, of course. You know, will Javi Bias help? Who knows? But um, <laughs> as of right now, I'm going to be realistic with this team, where they are at, where the young arms are at, where Matt Manning's currently at, Scoobles currently at, and yeah, that's where they're going to end. Out, out of the playoffs, pushover, I guess, but technically in the purgatory stage. Okay. You know, you, you could totally see them losing more games but having a more productive season than they did last year, right? I mean, you yeah. could totally see that happening. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm envisioning for the team. Yep. Yeah, and then 2023. Time to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Twins, 73 and 89 last year when I was writing up my answers. 74 and 88 just hit me like a, a – I was like, okay, I won't I won't deny it. 74 and 88 is the number that popped in my head. One game better than last year. Twins started out really, really, really bad last year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were god-awful to be first beginning part of the year. I, I want to say it was like the first like 10 to 15 games. So I think that it'll all balance out throughout the year. There'll be one game better. Twins are not going to be good in the next few years. I don't expect them to, barring them outperforming every type of peripherals that they have, pitchers making steps forward that I don't anticipate them making. They still don't have an ace. They still have just a bunch of guys. Even some of these young pitchers, they have some potential, but nobody's like, this guy's going to be a stud. We don't have... You know, there's there's none of these, you know, Shane McClanahan's or Shane Baz or Alec Manoa's. There's there's nobody like that on the Twins right now. The last guy that was that was Jose Barrios, and he's gone. And but now you're going to get Stephen Matt, so it's going to be okay. Oh my! God. <laughs> if that happens, I'm shutting down Twitter for the rest of the night that day because I I cannot just see that on my timeline. <laughs> Stephen freaking Matt's. Um, all right. Well, we've got our predictions in. They're locked in. 
we talked about all of these squads. So let's talk. Let's get a little fun here. Let's go and move on to our question of the week. I want to find the right button. Let's do it. Here we go. Can't touch this. All right. So we don't get copyright. I'll cut it there. Our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. So make sure you do that. All right. Question this week. And I will say that I'm going to say I cheated a little bit because I have a dream one day of launching my own protein bars, Triple Play Fantasy style. So I came up with a name for each uh, basketball bar, a baseball bar, and a football bar. And I spent an embarrassing amount of time doing this that day. So Was the nerd alert sound for you? Yeah, it, sh- it should fly to me. So I think I have the best name, but I've, we have to also talk about what's in it. So, Doc, you're the guest, Mike Carter. So I'll let you give us the name of your protein bar, your baseball theme, and then what's in it. So, okay, so I gave this a lot of thought. Um, and it's probably pretty terrible because I'm way past the point of being tired. I'm, you guys kept me up an hour past my bedtime, essentially. <laughs> Mine's called the Dusty Baker. Okay. The slogan is going to be long-lasting energy without the winning aftertaste. And it's going to be, oh. made, it's going to be made up of chocolate, sh- toothpick shards, and rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, right? It's so stupid. That is, that but it's the thing, right? You, you want long-lasting energy from your protein bar, right? So Dusty's in his 70s. He's still managing, chewing the toothpicks, wearing the rubber gloves, screaming and yelling all the time, but he never, he can't, he can't win the big one. I haven't seen Elsie laugh that hard in a while, and his kids are sleeping, too. <laughs> no, no, that, that's a great one. Wow, that, everything about that is fantastic. Doc, do you have one to compete with Mike Carter? No, you can go next. Oh, uh, come well, back to me. Come back to me. All right. Well, mine is called Frosted Rakes, and it is it's got a Frosted Flakes uh, cereal crunched up into the the protein bar, and it's kind of like a uh, kind of like a cereal bar base of like the uh, the cinnamon kind of like vanilla caramel kind of base with with the uh, Frosted Flakes on top of it crunched in there, and it's like if if you want to hit a home run for taste. Frosted Rakes. I the like slogan it. was not good, but I like the name and I like the the preface of it. And how much time did you? You said you spent on that. <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> that time. I didn't. Not the slogan, but the Frosted David, Rakes. Took David David's prep hour today was spent doing this uh, at school. I'll, I'll tell you guys all the one, the three that I came up with. While Eric does his. Oh wait, wait hold on. Frosted Rakes, Cinecrunch crossover, and. Chocolate cover corner crispy. <laughs> Don't quit your day job, David. <laughs> all, all, all cereal based protein bars, it seems like. I yeah, it. I like the cereal based idea to it. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. All right, so mine is going to be called Home Run Crunch, and the slogan is going to be Out of the Park. I know, real original. And it's going to be a chocolate protein bar. You know, the, the little Debbie brownies, the yeah. ones that have the, the you know four sprinkles on top. It's going to have that and then kind of like the star crunch crispy rice inside of it. And it's going to be super high in protein. So it's going to be one of those that you eat after.
after a workout, but it's going to have a lot of saturated and total fat as well, which is a no-no for David. It's going to give you that protein you want. At least 25 grams in that bar. It definitely is the worst one so far. <laughs> I, I just thought of it one. right now. Uh, well, <laughs> we could tell. Marty, what about yours? Yes. So, okay. Mine is going to be called the Stantonian Protein Bar. And it's going to be filled with chocolate, peanut butter, and peanuts. And it's going to be based off the huge and beautiful Giancarlo Stanton. Okay. Now, here's the hook. Here's the, because, you know, there's so many different brands doing this things. Like, what separates our protein bar, the Stantonian protein bar? And what it is is that proceeds um, from you buying, you know, a protein bar, some of the money will go to the All Star Smiles Foundation, which is the foundation that Giancarlo Stanton um, started after he shattered his face in 2014. So he's helping kids get smiles back that are underprivileged. So there you go. I like that's that. That kind of sounds like a spinoff of Zoolander instead of helping like you know, people with like the night blindness or the, the kids that can't read it. We're helping kids smile again with this Stantonio protein bar. Well, it's strictly kids who get hit in the face with baseballs. It's a very niche category. <laughs> yeah, there's only two people maybe a year. It's you know, the black lung pop. It's yeah. the black lung. We're done after three hours. I could see a commercial being like, they throw a ball and hits him in the face like, oh, my God, my face. And then they throw another one and they have like the protein bar mouth and it like that clanks off. It's like, yeah, it's not a problem with the Stantonian protein bar that protects you getting hit in the face. And it would have 49 grams of protein. You know what? You know know what? To make it really, really bad, it has to be like the most overpriced protein bar. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually really good, Doc. I I was going to say, I was going to say it comes with a pulled calf. (laughs) <laughs> oh that, that this is worth thinking i like this all right elsie what's your pick uh, my protein bar is called bat and balls and it's Ooh. in the shape of a bat and it helps your balls because it is full of testosterone right <laughs> not only that but you can we also have the viagra version uh where you can eat your protein bar and go go have a good night with your wife afterwards so bat and balls wow Shaped like a bat, good for your balls. This was some of the best answers I think I've ever heard on a question. That was fantastic. Wow, we we need to be a marketing team right here. See, the thing is, I just want to be left alone. Like, I don't, I don't want to do anything. I just want to be left alone. So, if I can go sleep on the couch and and sleep for like six, seven hours, I'm good. Have a couple of good beers. I don't need any testosterone from our. You know what? You're gonna be. Mike, you're gonna be the, the taste. Go. Te- you're gonna be the taste test. I'll be right back, us. guys. <laughs> That's that awesome. The, that means the kids are up. I woke um, the boys up with the screams earlier. Sorry. <laughs> the laughing, the laughing got them. <laughs> yeah, but protein bars are awesome idea. I think we have to might have to start our own line. We'll do like a, a triple play line of all these protein bars, and we'll do like a, the proceeds go. David, to David's food. actually serious. He called me one day at the gym. Eric, Eric, I got this I crazy idea. I was at the dog park. Thank okay, you. I know you're gonna say no to it, but and I said, David. Like at ten seconds in, David, no. Yeah, I know, these, but it's it's I cool. Mean, you know, protein creative. Bar. It's yeah. creative. Yeah. One of these. What other of these companies? These fantasy companies do protein bars. None, because they're different industries. No, I'm going to make a triple play protein line, triple play pr- protein bars. One of these days, and then I'm going to sell them, and we're going to have a charity with it, and it's going to be good. Just Yo, you don't have enough time food. in your day now. If you can do, if you can make oh, protein yeah. bars. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get 
to the last segment of the night. And if Cheesecake, Cheesecake can just uh, be the audience for this one. So this is a game. Well, let me get my little sound here, too. All right. Our game of the week I'm hosting this week. And it is called Pass the Player. So what you guys are going to do as I remove my soundboard from the screen, and instead I'm going to add a timer. You guys have 10 seconds every single time, and you will see the clock counting down. I'm not going to make sure the sound's with it, so that way it doesn't buzz in your ear. So you guys have 10 seconds, and what we're going to do is we're going to go down the list, and you have to tell me a player with the last name of that letter. So Marty would be first, and then Eric, and then Doc. And how it's going to be is Marty has to think of a player with the last name A. Ten seconds to do so. Doc, you have the last name B. And then Mike, you have the last name C. And then back to Marty with the last name D. Okay. So we're going to start out with, you can name any player of, of history, in history of baseball, with that last name. If you guys are not getting any wrong, then I'm going to shorten it to only active players. Okay? And now this is going to work. If you get three strikes, you're out, just like in real baseball. So you get three strikes, stay in the game. Okay? Sounds good. David, this is a good game. I like this. Thank you. Thank you. I, to- I told you. I was thinking. I was thinking. All right. So, Marty, you're up first with A. Tim Anderson. Doc, B. Bobby Bonilla. All right. Mike Carter, C. Miguel Cabrera. Marty, D. Josh Donaldson. <laughs> Doc, E. Adam Angle. All right. Uh, Mike Carter, F. Frankie Frisch. <laughs> Marty, G. G. Ken Griffey. All right. Uh, Doc, H. Adrian Hauser. All right, Mike Carter, you're up next. Pete Incaviglia. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna you guys know the letter that's next. Um, it's, so Marty, you're up. Wait wait what? Sorry, you cut out. What did you say? What is it? I? Uh he did he did I, so you're doing J. J. Um No. Three, two, one. Alright, we got our You literally first... could have said anyone with the last name Johnson. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> All right, Marty's got a strike. All right. Oh, I get it. I'm not out. Good. There we go. Yeah. All right. Eric. So wait, K. wait, what am I? Okay. Ray King. Good one. Ooh, good one. All right, Mike Carter L. Um Oh, Lewis Lipke, the the lefty pitcher. All We're right. Gonna, none of us know who that is, so we'll, we'll just assume that's right. <laughs> Casey Mize. Oh, even for all right, Doc N. Phil Necro. Mike O. Donovan Osborne. All right, Marty P. Miguel De Pozo. What? He's a relief pitcher on the Tigers. Miguel De- <laughs> you say De Pozo? Yeah. That's no, it's has to be P. Pozo, P O Z O. Oh, you say De Pozo. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? Isn't the D E in front of it? Yeah, but it's separated. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> nah, two strikes. Two baby. strikes for Marty. Okay. 
not, that's wait. There's a rule if you say it wrong. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. I'm over. <laughs> He's quitting triple play now. Knock. <laughs> right. You have Q. Dan Quisenberry. Ooh, nice one. All right, Mike. You have R. Wilson Ramos. Marty S. This is like the easiest one, so I have to be able to get this one, don't I? Um, I'm. Just, I give up. I don't know. Oh my goodness, Marty! <laughs> no, <George Springer. laughs> I, I, oh, I'll, I'll let you stay in. I stopped it because it was going to run out. All right, T. Lane Thomas. U. Uguet Urbina. That's what I was going to say. V. Ryan Voth. Uh, well, I think it's. I know Austin Voth. Is there a Ryan Voth? Probably was. Oh, now he's <laughs> reaching. All right, Marty's eliminated. All right. Whatever. Uh, UV. All right, Doctor. W. Ted Williams. Mike. Oh, God, X. Um, I can't think of anybody whose last name started with X. Xavier Nady is the only one I can think of with, but that doesn't count. I can't no. think of a guy. I can't think of a guy whose last name started with X. I'll take that strike. All right. We are now Y, Doc. Carl Yastrzemski. All right. Mike Carter. Uh, Z, Jeff Zahn. Good one. All right. Now we are staying with active players since we got through the first round with you two left. All right. I believe now we will go in reverse and then we'll have now Mike Carter start off with A. Uh, Aaron Ashby. Doc B. And we have a strike for Doc. That is, uh, you could have said Tucker Barnhart. I could have. Oh, yeah. We talked about him. All right. Mike Carter, C. Garrett Crochet. All right. Eric D. Matt Davidson. All right. You guys know oh. the order of the le- You guys know the order of the letters. So I'm just going to say your names to go to the next one. All right. Mike. Carl Edwards Jr. Nice. Doc. Prince Fielder. He's not active. I know. Two strikes. All right. Back to you, Mike. Oh, gee. Um, why can't I think of anything? Uh, don't know. I can't think of a G. Wow. Two strikes to two strikes. Wait, David. David, I, I have a question. Because this, this guy is involved with Major League Baseball, and you can tell me if, if you're not going to allow it or not. Okay. Angel Hernandez. Because he's a popular... <laughs> he has to be a player. We, we all hate him as an um. Yeah, he has to be a player. Starts now. H. You got H. All right, Cole Hamels. He's, is he technically active? I he's a free that. agent. He has yeah, a he's, he's looking okay. for a job. Okay, all right. Uh, Jonathan India. Nice. Jason Jaramillo. What? Yeah. Jason Jaramillo? J-A-R-A-M-I-L-O. Who the hell is that? J-A-R-A. How do you spell it? He's a catcher. J-A-R-A. How do you spell the rest of it? Uh, M-I-L-L-O. There is no catcher named Jeremy Aurelio. 
Jason, type it in on Google. Jason Armia is an American former professional baseball. Ah, uh, he's a former one. <laughs> I'll give you that was a good pull, but it was not current. So, on a very weird one to end the game on, Mike Carter gets his win. I, Mike, I believe, I believe if I, I don't have my sound words. I can't give you the the regular applause. What's your record in the triple play? Yep, you only have I one lost, loss. Right? I lost last time. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm uh, four. I think I'm four and one now. I wanted to win this one so I, bad. I, I keep looking in the mail every day for my ball hair trimmer. Remember <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, man, that's awesome. I'm lucky. I just got lucky. That's all. I, I'm interested to see if we had Art in the mix too. If Art would have been good at that game or not. Oh man, I had to put the kid back to sleep. He just got. He just got back to sleep. That's awesome. He wanted to be a part of the triple play experience here. He comes, but, um, he comes in. He comes in. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> See who's back there. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Hey, hey, hey. On that note, I want to make sure we get my. I know it's way past your bedtime. So, Mike, thanks you so much for coming on the show tonight. Always a blast when you come on the show. So, really well, appreciate you, man. I always appreciate getting the invite to come on with you guys. You guys were one of the first people who ever had me on a podcast, and I love doing podcasts. I think Marty's been a great addition, and I'm super, super glad to see Art back. Um, you guys have a great chemistry, the four of you together, and uh, it's my pleasure to be on. Anytime you guys need somebody, um, you know, call the bullpen, call the big fat guy in. I'm usually around. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, bullpen's canceled now. Oh yeah, that's wait what? Yeah, no, no. Bull, bullpen is canceled. Uh, you know, Peta yeah, says that it's a, it's offensive, so it's a uh, it's armbar now. Are you serious? Yeah, no, no. P, uh, it, bullpen is canceled in 2021. It's the same as the f bomb. So um, you <laughs> uh, you must take that out of your vocabulary. It's called the arm pen or whatever. Armbar, armbar, armbar. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the joke for it now. Oh my god, we're gonna have some problems next podcast. Oh boy. Oh, oh uh, David, boy. David, don't say it. We don't want to get canceled. No, I, I know. I'm not saying anything. I, Mike, please let everybody know all the great stuff that you do, where they can find you on Twitter, all your great writing, everything. Well, we're on a little bit of hiatus right now, which is kind of good for my soul and my brain so that I can get a little bit of a rest. But uh, I do work for a couple of different websites. I, my home base is pretty much Roto Fanatic, where I write about uh, bullpens there and the closing remarks article that comes out every Sunday. Um, I also do some work for SP Streamer with streaming hitters and pitchers that are low-owned and in uh, big money leagues. Uh, I also had an opportunity this year to work at Fantrax and cover the two-start pitchers, which is um, a bit of a disaster. I, I've got a lot to learn about covering that next year if I get to do that opportunity again. And then I also write for a smaller website called 90 Know-It-All, which is just basically more of my um, – narrative pieces just about baseball and experiences that I've had with the greatest game on the planet. So I got enough to keep me busy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do it all, honestly, like writing for that many sites and all that you do. And I know obviously with two kids and your job, it's, it's, it's a full, it's a, well, you know, I, I wanted to get involved in doing something fantasy writing for about 25 years and I just never had the opportunity or the time. And my, my wife and kids are super supportive of me doing it. Uh, they love that I get to do these things. They know that I really enjoy it. And uh, I have a lot of things saved up from all the years that I was uh, just kind of laboring along with that stuff. So I really appreciate you guys uh, giving me an opportunity to be on with you guys. I always have a great time when I'm with you. So thank you so much and have a great holiday. Wait, Mike, I got to ask, how many cups of coffee do you drink per day? I only have two. Okay. Okay. So I'm at the same level of you. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have, you didn't say what size though. <laughs> oh. 
Okay. I just take the coffee pot out and start drinking it. No, there no I, I have two cups of coffee a day, but I, you know, it's just, when you like what you do, it makes a big difference, you know? And so it's very true. It's, it's really important to really, you're going to work a hell of a long time in your life. You better like what you're doing. That's right. That's very true. And we always appreciate Mike coming on here. And if you're not following him, please make sure you do. I think you're closing in on 3000, right? On Twitter. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just know that people talk to me. I was in Arizona for first pitch Arizona, which was a great experience. You guys have got to get down there next year. Mm-hmm. We will smash some terrible breakfast cereals and drink a lot of beer at night. <laughs> um, it is, it's, it's a really cool time, but it was really an odd experience. I had people coming up to me and asking me if I was Mike Carter. I was like, who wants to know? I thought maybe somebody was trying to serve me papers or something. You know? <laughs> uh, but they were actually really awesome people. There's so many cool people that I met down there, and it, it couldn't have gone any better than it, than it did. It was a wonderful time. So um, really good times down there. Yeah, we're, we're definitely doing that next year, no doubt, for sure. And again. Please make sure you're following Mike Carter if you're not already. I want to make sure we get this man to bed. So for everybody that watches Triple Play, whether it's on the YouTube channel, if you listen to it on the podcast, always appreciate your support each and every week. Next week, we're going to be joined by Eno Saris. Yes, I, wow. I will say that again. We'll be uh, joined by Eno Saris. I can't, I'm tongue-tied. So it'll be a fun show. It's going to be an absolute blast. Not Maybe not as good as Mike Carter because there's only one Mike Carter. Oh, but... It's going to be a fun show. There's only one Eno. There's a lot of me. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a very unique show. We're going to pause on the Fixing the Division series for that episode and we'll resume the week after. But until then, stay safe out there. Make sure you enjoy the offseason. And we're going to make like a bread truck. We're going to haul these fun.